time for Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Chris L. Dillon and Shane K. Whitty. Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. We're back again. Here we are in the super secret headquarters. That's right, world headquarters. Speaking, I'm, I'm stretching and yawning right now. Uh, yeah, and we totally, we we went the opposite from going from underground super secret headquarters to right in your face, out in the open, super secret headquarters. That's right. That's right. You could drive by us at any time and be like, I'm pretty sure that's where the spooky super secret headquarters is, mm-hmm. but I'm not 100% sure. And I'm scared to knock on the door, because what if it is? It might be. I'm thinking maybe because Chris and Shane are standing outside smoking cigarettes and talking shit. So I'm thinking this might be where it's at. (laughs) So speaking of which, I'm Chris Dillon. And I'm Shane K. Whitty. You you remembered your middle initial. I I did. Chris L. Dillon, that's me. That's him. I just, I'm having a hard time waking up today. But I'm feeling a whole lot better after you fucking cooked me a gourmet meal this morning. Oh, not, I wouldn't say it was gourmet. She was gourmet, man. Well, I was like parsley involved in shit. Um, <laughs> many thanks. Oh, many I, thanks I, to you. I'm, I'm bowing to him right now and holding my hands together. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because he knows he's making masterpieces over here. So, yeah. So now I'm now I'm uh, pouring coffee on top of it to because it's like you know to wake me up, put some food in my stomach. But I may be Irish, out. but I am totally uh, an Italian grandmother. I'm like <laughs> eat, eat yeah. food. So now eat now this. I'm fighting the food coma, <laughs> my food baby. And so I'm pouring some coffee on top. Well, of I it. hope you enjoyed it. Oh, I certainly did. <laughs> clean as shit plate you got near your sink now so thank you for that but uh so before we get into our normal shenanigans just a quick update got an update happening you ready for it yep. straight straight on the, on the news pipe <laughs> the news pipe yeah the spooky news pipe. <laughs> no, you can't smoke it out of a straight shooter, people. Stop it. So calling back a little bit, I don't have a whole lot of information, but we've got a little, like, I'm, I'm going to do a quote-unquote new information because this is not really new information, but it's new to us. Yes. Call it, calling back to our episode on the... Uh, the Battle of Dolce, New Mexico. <laughs> well, we did say that we would be giving updates. Yeah, we got did say that we've got updates. I actually had no idea. Like, there was like a whole, whole other dimension of that we uh, didn't know about. That I actually, I came across because there's another podcast I listened to. Uh, I've recently started listening to that. I have, I have found that is strangely similar to our own podcast or I guess probably people would say we're strangely similar to their podcast because they're probably a little more depends which camp you're going to be in yeah 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or you should be Where's a Team Spooky? Should be a both. But the the podcast is there called you go. be a two way player. Yeah. So the podcast is called the Boogie Monster, and kind of similar to ours, it has kind of a similar shtick. But they probably get a little more credit because they have the comedian Kyle Kinane. Oh well, you know, who is hilarious. Oh no, um, totally is. And that's why I started listening to the podcast. Uh, anyway, so they've they're now, and I think actually today. Uh, they put out part two of, uh, they're covering a man by the name of Phil Schneider, who that I had never... That is a name that we have uttered on this show. It is. But I didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, who is this Phil Schneider fellow? <laughs> so as it turns out, and if I probably went back and I listened to that episode, I would know that I already knew this, but Phil Schneider is the man who allegedly, during the Battle of Dolce, New Mexico, he was the one who allegedly uh, exchanged fire with the aliens. Wait, is he the one that exchanged fire? Oh, no. Wait. Phil killed one of the aliens. Right. But then, or he killed two aliens, if I remember correctly. Could be right, yeah. And then, but, there was a hidden third alien. Right. And that's where the Green Beret jumped in front of the laser blast that would have killed Phil. Right. And the Green Beret lost his life. Right. But instead, what happened to Phil was, is apparently he got a couple of his fingers blown off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, supposedly, he has scars on his chest that also are, were a result from being fired upon. Well, you know, plasma gets everywhere. Plasma, we all know plasma blasts right. are the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what I, did, I didn't know at the time, I think neither one of us knew at the time, is that Phil Schneider actually ended up having kind of an illustrious career as a conspiracy theorist. Um, he, uh, especially involving, he was, he was considered quote unquote the world's foremost authority foremost yeah on aliens and especially aliens in relation to secret underground government bases well because where else are you going to put a secret underground base you know secret government base other than underground it's got to be underground man yeah Yeah, there's rules to this I guess I don't know it's not my area of expertise (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and say, okay. Um, supposedly Phil's father, uh, who I think I believe his name was Oscar Schneider. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it was Oscar. Captain, Captain Schneider, for sure. Captain Oscar Schneider? Yeah, I think that's... That totally I think it was, sounds I, like Oscar. a really high-end brand of, like, <laughs> hot dogs. Right. I'm pretty sure it was Oscar. I could be wrong on the Oscar, but he was definitely a captain. Okay. And he was involved in... Captain Schneider. Yeah. And so he was involved in the nuclear testing at uh, Bikini Atoll. Okay. And uh, according to Phil, there was also some aliens involved in that, too. Well, because we all know that nuclear blasts attracts aliens. Sure, sure. So So he claimed to essentially be not just, like having uh, these experiences with aliens himself, but so it's a multi-generational 
Like, his father had dealings with aliens, he had dealings with aliens. So the Schneiders... So, yeah, the Schneider family... The Schneiders have been tapped... Yeah, essentially. ...by the intergalactic space travelers. Right. Okay. Right. So, uh... To be to be a hundred percent honest, I didn't end up listening to the entire first episode because I had other shit going on. Uh, but I will finish it, and then, they, like I said, they put out part two today. I just noticed, so I'll be listening to that. But what I did glean from it, and then just a, just some mild research. Um, so he he ended up Phil Schneider ended up writing a few books uh, about that, like the Dolce thing in particular. Um, and then also, Did he have more experiences? Yeah, well, apparently, apparently just for the rest of his life, he just had this constant... He's just been an yeah. alien hunter. So he's just got story after story. He actually ended up doing, like, a, a like a newsletter, like a zine kind of thing, mm-hmm. called, like, Alien Digest or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have uh, large print so the old people can read it? I hope so. <laughs> um, and there's actually... Apparently, there's actually, like, video... Uh, like interviews with him talking about the Dolce incident. Uh, I haven't watched yet, but I plan to. Uh, but the other, so he, uh, uh, I want to say it was 1996. He uh, he died, and it's been uh, deemed a suicide. But of course, oh, people wait, are not what? too sure about that alleged suicide. And my understanding of it, again, with very mild research, I'll have to look a little more into it. Supposedly he was in the hospital for something else. And the report is is that he strangled himself with his catheter tube whilst sitting in a hospital bed. And what's actually really kind of crazy about it is I noticed that there's actually a a, a post-mortem picture of him. And it's pretty... Because <laughs> uh, he's real dead. <laughs> His whole, he's just real purple and dead. Uh, and and I noticed that they they're stating that he had like some weird like wounds on his face or something. I didn't like study the picture. So so was the CIA responsible or was it aliens responsible? Yes. yes. Both. Probably CIA and aliens working in conjunction with each other. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say probably. <laughs> was it with the reptilians or the greys, or maybe it was a, you know, it was a, a triad, if you maybe, will, maybe of conspiracy. Maybe it was that third alien that blew off his fingers. Yeah, he was a little pissed. He killed my buddies, dude. Yeah, he's just been <laughs> to hunting him down for uh, hunted him down for like twenty years. Like, you know, I'll find like, you, find you. Oh, you're in the hospital. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm not even yeah. gonna dignify your death by just like suffocating <laughs> you with a pillow. I'm gonna choke you with a catheter That's tube. Right, yeah. So just say, uh, you know, track him down, all Kill Bill style. <laughs> so hopefully that'll be coming to theaters someday. <laughs> someday soon. Yeah. So that's the update that I've got so far. That's really the extent of the extra knowledge that I have at the moment. But I'll do some more digging. And I'll, I'll uh, you know, in the future, I'll let you know what I come up with. But it's Phil Schneider. You can you can Google him. And uh, yeah, there's a whole lot more information on this fella that I've noticed. 
Okay. All of all of them like uh what's funny is that if you do a search for Phil Schneider on Google, I think it it takes until page two or three of the search results before you even get anywhere near a Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Because all like the main hits are from like conspiracy theory sites. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot of info from those conspiracy theory sites. Conspiracy theory? Yeah. Or conspiracy fact. <laughs> or as our good friend of the show, Curly, would say, uh, conspiracy fetish. <laughs> oh. Is there some other thing that could have happened? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. What? His mother was a Lutheran? Oh. Do you know about the Lutherans? <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> no, tell me more. <laughs> oh, just hang out with one. You'll find out. <laughs> I'm like, what? There's like a gang war within the Lutheran church between the Wisconsin Synod and the Missouri Synod? I, I, I don't know what you're saying. Otherwise... Lutherans, from what I've experienced, are relatively pretty nice people. Yeah, me too, but you never know, man. You never, never know. know. Behind closed doors. Oh, no. Who knows these days? Oh, you don't know. There could be an Illuminati section. Every, every, everyone's a monster, church. apparently. So, <laughs> But, so yeah, that's our update. How was your week, sir? Um, my week has just been, I just want to... Salt a shotgun barrel and mm. put it in my mouth. Mm. Not because I'm um, suffering through depression or anything, but just the amount of frustration. Right. You know, to where I have to start agreeing with, you know, people like, government doesn't work, government doesn't work. I have to start agreeing with those people because. <laughs> Our city, as you know, is in a budget shortfall. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to book an outdoor space, uh, space, which requires me to give money to the city that <laughs> yeah. doesn't have enough money. Right. You'd think they'd want your money. Exactly. You'd think they'd be, like, you know, rabid about that. Yeah. And, yeah. And... It's just been it's just been one hurdle after another on that. I think I talked about it last week about my car getting broken into, uh-huh. you know, and with my giant pay account, uh, my giant paychecks <laughs> is that, um, you know, it sucks. It's getting cold. <laughs> I don't have a fucking window. I don't have the fucking money to replace it. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, fucking shit. <laughs> and so, anyhow, still trudging along, um, you know, with the wedding plans. Um, just got called this morning, right before we started recording, that my daughter is needed on the same day for... An orchestra event. It's not even an event. It's like, yeah, they're going to kind of play. But it's an arts and crafts fair. 
and they need people to work at. <laughs> so I just got off the phone with the teacher, and I'm like, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> like, no, you, sure, the night before, fine, she can help set up. Day of, depending on whatever time we decide to set the, the thing at, she can help out for a couple of hours. But, no, my daughter's not going to miss my wedding because of your arts and crafts fair. Which, which is funny because you actually did say that. You know, I was sitting right there and I thought I, I found it funny that you actually had to be like, I need to say unequivocally that my daughter is not going to miss my wedding. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, the teacher, in, in you know, in her defense, you know, she was... Totally receptive to everything. Yeah. It just sucks as a parent nowadays dealing with schools. Yeah. Right? So it's like dress codes, everything else. Uh-huh. And, you know, the thing that that bothers me the most is that dress codes are usually only applied to the girls. Right. So your girl... Wants to wear a tank top to school. Right. So you read the you you read the dress code, blah blah blah, and and it's like uh, oh tank tops need to have the this is happening to a friend of mine in Maryland as we speak. Uh-huh. You know they can't be revealing tank tops. Right. Okay. Well, what defines a revealing tank top? Oh, we don't. Uh, just you know. Whatever. Here's a here's where it really bothers me is that, that if a young lady who's in school, middle school, high school, is wearing, let's say, fitness pants mm-hmm. and a tank top right. to school, and the schools are all, oh well, it's a distraction. What do you mean it's a a distraction. It's just this vague thing right. that they say, oh, it's a distraction. Boys can't concentrate if your girl's in fitness pants and a tank top. Right. And what pisses me off about that is like, oh, well, maybe we should raise our boys better. Exactly. <laughs> to where, like, oh, oh, she's being comfortable. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. Instead of always, instead of restricting her, you know, if she's wearing a tank top or you know a certain type of skirt or something like that, instead of addressing that as if that's the problem, we should address the fact that, well, if that's the case, that the boys can, are distracted by that. Like that's that's what we should be addressing. Exactly. I yeah. mean, I've broken. My, I'll be honest. I've broken my neck. Sure. An attractive woman walks by, and I'll be like, whoa. You know, crank my neck. Yeah. But it's not a distraction, per se. And, you know, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, with everything that's going on right now with, you know, the media. Right. And, you know, the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, there's a lot of cause for concern. I think the best thing that we can do is that as men... Is to raise our boys to be better than us. Yeah. 
Exactly. And if a girl wants to wear a short skirt and a tank top because she's comfortable wearing that, we need to let them know. Yeah, we need to raise our children to go, no, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, if my daughter just wants to wear, or my son for that matter, just wants to wear a thong and Vaseline with tassels on their nipples and start twerking in science class, no, we're going to have a talk about that. Right. You know, time and place sure. for certain things. You know, once you're an adult and you want to do that, great. But don't disrupt biology class by being, you know, excessively, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, lewd. Right. I guess that's the word we'll go with. Right. So, other than that, um, it's been a pretty good week. Um, went to, uh, one of the future wife's besties' son's birthday totally just sound <laughs> that just totally sounds like I'm giving you know Appalachia a family tree, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it was that um, you know a lot of good things with the kids and stuff, but you know, overall it's been a good week. It's just you know. You have the good things, but with the way I'm wired, I'm like, oh, fuck! Fucking shit! <laughs> Fucking call me back! Right. <laughs> Let me make enough this week so I can get a freaking window for my car! When it's like, seriously, you junky fucks? <laughs> I am literally one, maybe one and a half rungs above you. Quit fucking with my shit. Right. Um. And then you know, other than that, uh, you know, it's it's been an okay week. Other than those things, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me about your week. Uh, okay. Um, my week was pretty, actually pretty chill. There's not really a whole lot of note. Involved in it, um, as usual. I watched a whole bunch of movies. Um, I had never. Full disclosure: I've never been a huge fan of the Alien movies. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say that I think that they're bad movies or I don't like them or anything like that, because I do. From what I've seen. You're talking about the Alien franchise, not just basic Aliens. Yeah, like the Alien franchise. Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, all that sort of thing. Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah, she was in 3. Which I don't like, I think I saw it when it first came out in the 90s, in the theater. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything from it. So the thing is, is that I've always liked those movies, but not enough to really be like, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan, because I'm not like... I haven't seen I haven't seen Alien or Aliens since I was a teenager. Oh, I Aliens! I fucking love. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, and I, like I Game remember, over, man. Yeah. Game over. Well, and I re- I remember enough to like mm-hmm. 
because you know I remember that the first the first one Alien was you know a horror movie, and then Aliens sort of turned it into like an action action sci-fi yeah sci-fi kind of thing with some horror elements or whatever but um yeah i don't know i've just never been like i don't know just a super fan of that stuff uh it just doesn't interest me as much i guess which like again which is not to say i don't think they're bad movies or anything like like, i do like them i'm just not big on them so because of that i had never seen i never watched prometheus Okay. Uh, I just wasn't interested, and and so in turn, I didn't see Alien Covenant, which is the sequel to Prometheus, which is you know the modern movies in the Alien franchise, and I'd heard a lot of really bad stuff about Prometheus. Like it's it always sort of seemed to me that there was never really a uh, like a middle ground. Either people really really enjoyed it, or they really really hated it, and um, so I just never had occasion to see it but i was i was a little curious about alien covenant because and it would to be perfectly honest it's just because danny mcbride's in it and i like danny mcbride (laughs) so um and i was actually watching an interview with him and he was talking about how um because he's he's involved in the new there's going to be another halloween movie okay which i guess he uh co-wrote and is going to be in so his his career is actually sort of shifting. He's actually trying to move into like horror movies. Uh, and what he oh, sort what's of what's the comedian that just came out with one? Don't breathe or whatever. Uh, get out. Get out. Yeah. Dan and Peel. Yeah. Was, uh, um, or uh, Key and Peel. Key and Peel. There you go. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Jordan Peel who wrote and directed Get Out, which is just a straight horror movie, which is great. It's a fantastic movie. Um, and in the interview with Danny McBride, he was talking about how, you know, just right now it's real difficult to get people to go to a movie theater to watch a comedy. Um, and so that's part of, that was part of his... Thanks, Netflix. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But that was part of his, that's part of his thing about moving into horror, but he was talking about how he's always been a horror fan. Mm -hmm. And... That's actually, he's far more into that than comedy always has been. And so he's just, he's trying to kind of, I think, divert his career. Into, so he was in Alien Covenant and he's going to do this Halloween movie. So because I like Danny McBride, I wanted to see Alien Covenant. Um, but then I was like, well, I'm going to need to see Prometheus because it's like, Alien Covenant is literally just like a continuation of Prometheus. Okay. So I sat down and I watched them both. Back to back. And, uh, funnily enough, I found myself in that exact position, which I didn't think existed. It was, I was like, I watched Prometheus and I was like, that's okay. (laughs) I didn't absolutely love it. I didn't hate it. It doesn't go in the pantheon of things like if you saw it on like your cable guide, you go, oh, I'm watching it right now. I know it's been on for an hour and 10 minutes. There's only yeah. 20 minutes left. Yeah, it's definitely not one of those movies. And by the end of it, I feel like it, the movie itself sort of poses more questions uh, than it than it answered. Um, but was that like intentional? You as a filmmaker, is that like an intentional thing to where I, you pose that many questions to end a movie with that you already have uh, 
inclinations that there's going to be... I uh, thought that that's what it was. When I finished Prometheus, I was like, I still have a lot of questions. But then I was like, oh, but I have Alien Covenant now to watch. And hopefully those will be answered. The problem is, is that they're not answered. Um, even by the end of it's the like second a movie. It's participle. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I'm just I, like, I know that's a thing, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this, and this doesn't even get into spoiler territory or anything, so I'm just going to already say it. So in Prometheus, it, it involves, you know, revolves around these two scientists that, uh, they, you know, find evidence that our roots of humanity, uh, you know, extend out to like an alien race of some kind. They believe that aliens created humans. Okay. And so they've mapped, they've managed to map out. Where super like real conspiracy people out there believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they figure out where like the, like literally the planet they think that this this alien race comes from. And so they go out, you know, it's the whole space crew. They go out to get answers to those questions. Mm -hmm. And those are the questions that in two movies, they never really answer. Because they get there and they find out that, yeah, these aliens are, like, they, they find out that the aliens in the, on this planet have literally, literally the, the exact same DNA that we do. Okay. So we come from these aliens. Uh, and then they're like, but then they turned on us. Why? Like, they created us and then they tried to destroy us. Why? And I'm like, yeah, why, dude? <laughs> and they never answer it like not once and that was that's my only real well not my only real issue but one like the big issue that I have with it mm. someone did uh, a few years back when the, when Prometheus first came out said to me and it was actually one of the deciding factors of not seeing it then is they were like if you watch the movie at any point just ask yourself why is this character doing what they're doing? And you're never going to be able to come up with an answer. It's just like people just do shit with no real like motivation behind it. So it's kind of like sense. the old Eon Flux cartoons where like every episode ends in ambiguity. You're like, what the yeah, fuck like, did I just watch? What? Yeah. Or even just to the point of like, you know, and this is like super old news, but like, if, so with Prometheus, there's, you know, they, they've got different scientists, different like crew members, people who, you know, have expertise in different areas. And so like, there's this one guy, the first time he encounters, you know, an alien creature, which, you know, let's just be fair. It like a dick comes out of the water at one point. And looks at him. It's a fucking penis. Just a giant penis comes out and is like, oh, I'm looking at you guys. And this one dude who, I think he's supposed to be like a zoologist of some kind. Or he, he's got, his expertise is in life. Life forms. Okay. Or animals. Or I don't know, something like that. And so he sees this sinister looking dick <laughs> come out of the water 
And so he, of course, gets real close to it. And then, like, the head part opens up. So it's got, like, these, you know, it's like this flat sort of, you know, and it's got, like, a mouth with... Like a Venus flytrap? Yeah, kind of like thing? that. Okay. Yeah. Like, it looks sinister as shit. And he's like, so, oh, it's okay. Look, look how beautiful. Oh, look. And decides, oh, I'm just going to pet it. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. As you do when you're of on an course. alien planet. And you see a giant penis. Yeah. And the alien penis comes out of the water. water. Yeah. Um, which, you know, of course, so it latches onto his arm and, you know, he becomes real dead real quick. <laughs> and yeah, so I was just sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, why the fuck would he do that? Especially given that he's supposed to be like, in, like some sort of expert in whatever his field is. Presumably involving, you know, interacting with creatures. Why would he just stick his fucking hand near its mouth? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so the movies are a lot of that. Um, <laughs> of a lot of what the what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah, yeah. Or even in uh, even in Alien Covenant, like there are situations where it's just like, why did you put your face like an inch away from that thing? What are you doing? <laughs> um, so you know that's an issue. <laughs> with those <laughs> movies, but again, it's just kind of boiled down down to like that's all right. And I could see, I don't know, I, I did like Covenant more than I like Prometheus. Um, neither one of them made me a fan of the uh, series. But uh, you were talking about the interview with Danny McBride. So he... Danny McBride was great. Um, and, he's, and he's playing it totally straight. Like, there's no real, there's no, like, comedy to his character. Or, and that's, he's just a normal dude. Because, like, the conceit in Alien Covenant is that the the ship is filled with, I think it's, like, 2,000 people, and made, like, they're all couples, because they're, they're going to colonize a new planet. Of course. And uh, they figured out, they found a planet in another solar system that is close enough to Earth to support life, and that's where they're headed. But then they get a signal, like on the way there, they get a signal from another planet that is of obvious human origin. And they're like, wait, how is this signal all the way the fuck out here? We should check it out. And then so they figure out what planet that's coming from. And they're like, oh, this planet from our scans show that it's actually probably even more habitable than the one we're heading towards. And it's closer, so why don't we just go check it out and see if we can find out what's going on with the signal, what's happening. And so that's how they end up on that planet. So humans are fucking up the galaxy. Pretty much. All right, sweet. Way to go, humans. <laughs> Great. You're so, not special just fucking up our planet. <laughs> right. Well, and it involves, like, so, you know, and it, and, and it is a continuation from Prometheus, so, you know... There are some escapees from the original, from Prometheus, but instead of going home, it's like, we're going to find out, we're going to get some answers to these questions we still have. That's the end of Prometheus. Leaving the planet, going to go find some more, some answers. And then, like, in, in Alien Covenant, it's 
okay, so this is now the planet where the people from the first movie ended up. And so what happened? And again, there's no there's no answers. It's just sort of like, well, they're dead. How'd that happen? I don't know. So yeah, it's it's real muddy, but it was all right. I mean, I've spent I've I've done worse things in an evening, so I can't really complain. But the one one thing I did watch, which is completely off from that, is I watched the uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword, starring uh, Chris Hemsworth. No, no. Uh, oh. fucking Jax from Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever that dude's name is, who I like. For some reason, a lot of people really don't like him. I think he's fine. Um, I think he can act well. What bothers me is like the swooning that goes on over him because I remember he's him. He's a pretty dude. He's a pretty dude. No, but I remember him from um, Green Street Hooligans. Yeah. And he comes out like in the towel, and you know yeah. those that can be swooned. By his good looks are swooned because, you know, he's just in a towel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, look at the way he walks. It's total bow-legged. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Total (laughs) bow-legged. Like, that's why when he got the role on Sons of Anarchy, he always wore baggy pants. (laughs) Okay. To hide that. I'm I'm guessing that's the reason why. All right, no, fair. but but you know, no, he is a good-looking guy. He he's is good easy on the eyes. I gotta admit that. Like, I wouldn't go so far as to call him a great actor, but you know, he's fine. Like, I don't have any issues with him. I've seen way worse actors. Yeah. with way bigger roles. Yeah, totally. Like, I really liked Pacific Rim. Uh, he was really good in that, and and so going into King Arthur, I didn't really know much about it. I knew it was the story of King Arthur. And it starred the dude from Sons of Anarchy. And that when it went out in theaters, nobody fucking watched it. And, (laughs) like, I just didn't, like, I remember seeing a couple of trailers maybe for it. But, like... They didn't advertise that movie a lot. No, I'd be hard-pressed to figure out when that movie even came out. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. Um, But, so I just started started watching it with very little expectation. And uh, about a quarter of the way through, I'm sitting there, I'm watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I really, I think I really like this movie. <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting this. I think I kind of like this movie. <laughs> Did you start feeling dirty? Like, oh, I gotta go take a shower now. I well, like that wasn't even, movie. like, feeling dirty. I was just, like, kind of confused. <laughs> I was like, this is actually pretty good. What's, <laughs> what's going on here? And then by about maybe the halfway point... I was like, no, I really like this movie. I would go so far as to say that I'm actually kind of loving this movie. <laughs> um, but there was something about it, and the way it was shot, and the way that people were talking with each other that was very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is what is happening? What's Where is this coming from? And it, re- it really wasn't until the end of the movie when I saw that it was, I think, written by, but definitely directed by Guy Ritchie. Oh, is that your vague Guy Ritchie yeah. Facebook post? Yeah. <laughs> I love and Guy I was Ritchie. like, that's... He had, he had sex with Madonna. He did. And he made a terrible movie with Madonna. 
Very terrible. His only, in my opinion, terrible movie. No, so it's got that like stop gap quick twitch to it. Yeah, like it's got some of that. Of... It's it's basically medieval snatch. Um, well, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of it feels almost like a heist movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like the way they approach, um, you know, Arthur and his, you know, knights and his armies or whatever, and the way they're, you know, trying to sort of circumvent and take over, you know, the king, um, who's played by uh, Jude Law. Who is just devouring the scenery? I mean, he is just—he's going for it, man, and he's doing a good job. <laughs> I mean, he's over the top, and he's—he's he's chewing it up, but it's pretty fun. I'm gonna check this out. And uh, but they're doing things like, you know, just stuff like you wouldn't expect in a movie like that, where, like, there's a part where you know Arthur and his buddies are being chased through the city. But it has that very that very Guy Ritchie sort of like there's there's parts where the like the camera's mounted on on the people as they're running, so mm-hmm. it's sort of like you know you see their face. It's a real close up of their face, and that's staying like central in frame. But mm-hmm. everything around it's because they're running, and it's cutting between that and then you know the chase itself, and like the dialogue's real snappy. Uh, the way they're talking to each other. And there's a lot of, like, anachronisms to the movie that I can imagine if someone's just sort of watching it and they have issues with that sort of... Like, I could see people being like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because everybody's dressed. Like, they're pretty cool, like, dressed. But it's medieval times, or, like, pre-medieval sort of... But is it, like, a modern spin on what medieval clothing was? Yeah, yeah. So, like, they're, they're, everybody's wearing a lot of leather. Yeah. But it's, like, it's not that... Now like, it's a party. Yeah. But it's it's more of, like, you know, it, it, it looks like clothes that you go to a store and buy. Mm-hmm. You know, something that was made by a machine. Something at Kohl's. Yeah, yeah, like it's real nice. And it, so, but it's 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 too nice for the time. Yeah, period. it's an it's anachronistic. It's too nice for the period. Um, nobody would no. There's not like a tailor who's making this stuff. <laughs> you know, it's some in a, in the little hamlet, you know, next to Camelot with needle and thread. Yeah, no, that's not happening at all. Um, <laughs> Like there's, I think at one point, a couple people are wearing like legit, legit hoodies. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think they, they had. Totally, a- they totally had hoodies back then. Haven't you ever played <laughs> Assassin's Creed? He had a hoodie. <laughs> but at le- but at least you know in those in those games or those movies, like it looks like, you know. Uh, you know, a, a, peasant, sack a, a was... peasant artisan, you know, crafted that in his little shop, as opposed to this came off of an assembly line. A, a potato sack sewn together with yeah. a shoelace. Yeah, like I wouldn't have. It wouldn't have surprised me if, like, the hoodies, you know, had like a silk screen, like Vans logo on them or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and it's a little weird, but I don't think it. Like, I don't think it really was an issue in the movie. Because it gave it a very distinct look. Um, 
and the movie itself, it's not like it's trying to steep itself in reality. Um, because, I mean, magic is a big part of the story. Uh, well, of course. You got Merlin. Yeah. Who actually never shows up in the movie. He's talked oh, about. He's um, alluded to. Yeah, he's alluded to. And it's for Arthur's, King Arthur 2. Yeah. Well, Arthur's being helped out by, like, like an apprentice of Merlin's. This lady who's real serious. Um, <laughs> Merlin's like, fuck off, yeah. Arthur. Yeah. Until you become king. Here, all right, I'll help you out. Here's my protege yeah. or whatever. Now, the one thing I will say, like, I didn't necessarily have a problem with, but I could see, like, your average viewer having a real issue with, is that some of the fight scenes, which I enjoyed, I enjoyed quite a bit, but they they fell into that that weird thing that they were doing in, like, the early to mid-2000s where they were doing fight scenes completely CGI. Okay. Whereas, like, even the character... Like, like, if you think of, like, uh, the second Matrix movie when Neo yeah. fights all the Smiths and it, yeah. like... Yeah, like, none of it's filmed. It's all generated in the computer. Yeah. Uh, they do that in King Arthur. And, you know, it's... The technology's better. Yeah. But some of it doesn't look that great. Especially when you get it, there's just parts where it's like sort of the camera's flying by Arthur's face. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not an actor. That is definitely a computer generated character. Uh, but those scenes are real fun. Like the action's great. Uh, but it's real, it's, it's almost video gamey. So I can see people having a problem with that, but I really, I actually really. Loved it was it was I a fun it. movie. I yeah, it was so much fun. I really really enjoyed it. Um, in my th- you know you mentioned my my post, but I posted on Facebook. I was like, man, Guy Ritchie's still making cool movies, and nobody seems to give a shit. And I I really think that's true because I I didn't even know that the King Arthur was a Guy Ritchie movie until I didn't know it was Christmas. either until just now. Yeah, and um. Again, that movie was basically ignored. And then a couple years back, he did that Man from U.N.C.L.E., which nobody saw. But oh, he re- oh he did a remake of it? Yeah. That's a movie from a long time ago in the early 80s. Yeah, it was even earlier than that, maybe late 60s, early 70s is the show. I don't know, I just remember watching it on HBO in the early 80s. Yeah. There was, I think that was during the whole like James Bond time when they were doing all those cold war spy stuff but uh yeah guy rich a couple years back he did a, a movie version of that starring uh army hammer and uh another guy who i can't think of <laughs> <laughs> that dude yeah but that movie was really pretty fucking great too and nobody saw it nobody gives a shit so um but i did and i do give a shit so go see Man from Uncle and go see King Arthur. Uh, well, you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Was it on Netflix? Uh, I don't think either of them were on Netflix. Or was there something? They're on something. You'll be able to get you know, them somehow. High seas. It's probably on Amazon. Shenanigans or going some on. Shit. <laughs> you know me. I'm always set on the high seas of the internet. Uh, I think King Arthur was recently released on Blu-ray. 
I don't know if it's on any of the streaming sites. It probably is. You could probably rent it from Amazon or something. Um, but yeah, if you can if you can see those movies, see them. You know, don't expect don't expect. You know these great cinematic masterpieces. Um, Guy Ritchie's not out there to make Citizen Kane. He's out there to make fun movies. So let him make fun movies. Calm the fuck down. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> fuck, man. Enjoy shit in your life. Will people just start enjoying shit a little bit? Like, life's no, I, hard. I, I like, that, shit sucks yeah, right now. Yeah, like, why are, you putting, why are you putting all this evil on your entertainment, it's, too? Yeah, Calm it's, down. No, it's, yeah, well, you know, fanboys are going to be fanboys. You know. It's always going to be it. <laughs> a thing of man, you didn't get that right because when I read the book, I envisioned it in my head like this, and you put it out like this, <laughs> like how you envision it in your head, and your head's wrong. Right. <laughs> I'm mad at King Arthur because it's not a live action version of Disney's Sword in the Stone. <laughs> Shut up. I'm like, he's not even king yet. <laughs> but everybody knows as soon as he pulls a, you know, as soon as he got Excalibur, he's supposed to be king. <laughs> that was totally written into the Magna Carta. It totally was. Or something. <laughs> it's like, people, there's plenty of serious things in the world to be mad at. That's what I'm saying. And to be pissed off about. Just enjoy the movie for what it is. Fucking make yourself some popcorn, some nachos, get yourself some jalapeno poppers. <laughs> and just veg out and go, huh. Yeah, shut your brain down for a couple <laughs> of hours and just... Like, oh, those boots are something. totally uh, time inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can do that with every movie that involves the military. Because yeah. <laughs> inevitably, they're going to be in their dress uniform. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> That's Bullshit. all fucked up. I yeah. could totally do that. Sure. However, just enjoy the movie. Exactly. Exactly. We're like, shit's blown up. People are getting stabbed. Fucking all right. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Oh, a demon showed up. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's just my opinion of all that. It's just, it's entertainment, people. It's entertainment. So, I don't know. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Clearly you aren't, but I don't know. I'm having a good time. I'm watching stuff and enjoying it. So, so I don't know. It's pretty interesting. I don't know. It's just, it's it's a world that I've, I've been steeped in in a long time, and I find it very, very interesting. Like, uh, there's that controversy going on right now with um, The Last Jedi. The new Star Wars movie. About what? Well, a lot of theaters uh, are refusing to play uh, The Last Jedi. Why? Uh, because Disney has... They've, they've made like a very specific contract for the theaters who are, who are showing the movie that is uh, far different than the normal sort of contract. Like... People, people are always complaining about how expensive, like, say, concessions and stuff are at movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind that is, like, I'm not a fan of it. I don't really support it that much. But people also need to realize the fact that, like, when a movie comes out, 
the contract that they have with the theaters, um, the theater itself really doesn't make any money off of the ticket sales. All of that, all of the profits of the ticket sales goes to the studio. Oh, well, this is something I did not know. Yeah, um, most people don't. Uh, so especially like big movies of the first uh, four weeks that they're in the theater, the theater is making zero money off of that film. Essentially. Uh, I mean, they do make a little bit, but it's like, it's so nominal. What's a, what's a normal run for a movie? Four to six weeks? Yeah. In the theater? Yeah, these days I think it's a little shorter. Um, it's like three to four weeks at this point. Because uh, we're at a point now where it, it used to be a movie come out in a theater and then you could expect it to be on home, whatever, home video, whatever, within like a year. Uh, and that's gotten really, that's gotten shortened considerably uh, in, in the past few years. I think now the internet, the internet's probably sped mm -hmm. up the process. Yeah, absolutely. So now it's, now it's to the point where it's like a movie premieres in the theaters within three to four months. It's on home video. It's on DVD or Blu-ray or on the streaming sites or whatever, but it used to be a lot longer. Um, so, so what it is, so since the, the theaters aren't making any money off of these movies, the only place that they can make money is off of the concessions. Okay. And that's why the prices are so high. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with it, but it's, you know, kind of similar to like the healthcare debate <laughs> in a way is it's like, you know, I don't agree with doctors charging so much, but they're kind of in a really shitty spot because of what the insurance companies are doing. Ooh. So same with movies, the theaters, I don't like the theaters charge so much for a thing of popcorn. You spend $12 for a bucket of popcorn. I don't but agree with it. they have to do it so they can make a profit. And so they can make profit and stay open. Yeah. Um, and so, so we can actually go watch movies. Mm -hmm. So uh, but, so what Disney's doing is, so this contract that they're putting out with uh, uh, The Last Jedi is that they have provisions in there that have never really been put in for any other movie to where they're like, you know, you have to have, you know, if you're going to play The Last Jedi, it has to... It, like, it needs to be on a dedicated screen. Like, you can't run any other movies on that screen during that time. Um, they're being very specific about the times that movie, the movie can be played, how many times it can be played in a day. Um, just a lot of real, like, semantic sort of things that are all very heavily in the favor of Disney and uh, can be very harmful for the business of the theaters. Um, and... Disney is basically like, you have to sign this contract or you're not going to be able to play The Last Jedi in your theater. And so theater owners at this point are just being like, well, then I'm just not going to play The Last Jedi if this is what you're mm -hmm. going to do. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. There's uh, all that stuff's kind of going on. Um, obviously, like the big chains, you know, you got like Cinemark and, um, I mean, they're going to play it. They're going to yeah. get the contracts and, you know, Disney's going to make their money. And people are going to see Star Wars, uh, but I kind of I, I'm, I'm I'm trying to find the silver lining in that sort of thing it's in the movie industry, and I'm and I'm hoping that it leads to more of a resurgence of independent movie theaters uh, again. Yeah. Um, because you know studios aren't they're not willing to take risks anymore, and so everything they're putting out is these big budget. Um, stuff that's based off of established properties 
you know, Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars, uh, these sort of things. Those are the, that's what's coming out of the, the big studios. But people are still making cool independent films, but because of these kinds of contracts and the way that Disney and all these other places are, are, are acting, like it's, it's harder for the independent films to make their way even into theaters. And then it's even harder to people, get people to go and see them yeah. when you're up against something like Star Wars or whatever. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping that people who still want the movie experience but don't necessarily need to see the big blockbuster, I hope it'll lead to a resurgence of independent theaters showing only independent movies. Um, and that sort of takes the choice out of, out of it. It's like, I'll go to the Cinemark to go see Star Wars. But if I want to see something else, then there's an independent theater. Like, we're lucky here yeah. in Albuquerque, we have an independent... We, we have, have a couple, a couple. of them. Yeah. But my favorite one's one called Guild, and they always play really cool independent movies, documentaries, things like that. So it's like, I know I'm not going there in... It's a single-screen theater. Yeah. So, and they're never going to... They're not going to play Star Wars. You know, maybe, the, maybe they'll play, you know... Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> I do Star hope, like Wars. A re- yeah, yeah, like a, <laughs> episode four. Yeah, if they could get, you know, I'm sure it's probably really expensive. I mean, that wouldn't happen, but um, I can go see a cool independent film or a documentary at the Guild. I grew up in a town where um, there was one in down. There was one in the downtown area of town. It was a small town, mm-hmm. and it was a single screen. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big fancy theater had three screens right but when i first so i've seen literally every star wars franchise movie on the big screen okay greatest field trip of all time (laughs) nice empire strikes back comes out yeah so we go to the theater uh, in downtown, the one, the the single screen, you know, oh. the mom and pop one, yeah, and they played Star Wars before they played Empire. Nice. How easy of a day was that for the teachers that took us <laughs> down there? And, right. <laughs> you know, they had a little the little cardboard container you know and they did they hammed it up for the kids you know i mean it wasn't like movie star you know uh movie theater prices for concessions and seriously that was that was the greatest field trip ever oh yeah as a kid yeah you know in the late 70s when did uh empire come out 1980 yeah, something like that. 80, yeah. 81, something like that. Yeah, so I was, you know, because I know, I know Jedi came out in 83. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was, yeah, I think it was like a three-year gap between each movies because the original Star Wars was 77. Yeah. So yeah, Empire, I think it was 80, and then Jedi was 83, yeah. something along those lines. Well, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, you got a shitty field trip coming up. Oh no, go enjoy the pumpkin patch or yeah, right. whatever. Well, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of my whole thing about it is that, you know, People like to say theater, you know, theater experience. People don't like the theater experience anymore. And it's like, but the experience part of it hasn't been a part of it in so long. No, it's 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 like showmanship now. It's like, oh, we got vibrating chairs. Right. You know, that's why I was so upset when they tore down Windrock 6. I'm like, that was my 
that was my jam, dude. <laughs> it smells like mildew. <laughs> right? The popcorn was probably made three days ago. But there's no line and there's no cup holders. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hold your shit. I'm sitting in 50 years worth of movies experience right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, and I think it's on some level, and I don't think it's, it's not the studios. The studios definitely don't get it. But I think that even in the large franchise theaters, they get it to an extent. Because I've noticed when I have gone uh, recently, like when I went and saw Thor Ragnarok last week, um, you know, they, they have a lot of, they're trying to do like sort of event kind of things. A lot of it involves older movies, playing older movies mm-hmm. again. So uh, so they'll do a thing, like a series where like uh, uh, over the course of a month, once a week, they'll play an, old, an, an older movie. Um, the one I thought was kind of weird when I saw Thor Ragnarok is like during this one, this series that they were doing, it was all these random different ones. And in the middle of it was like back to the future two. And I was like, just, just back to the future two. Like, because they're not playing back to the future one. They're not playing back to the future three, just two, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, like when I was a teenager, there's a theater here in town who, that like no one goes to anymore. I don't I'm not even sure if it's open anymore but every friday night they used to play uh old hitchcock movies and so uh my best friend and i every friday night because you know we were real we were real social and you know real popular we'd spend our friday nights (laughs) down at this shitty movie theater watching like rear window or vertigo Mm -hmm. or (laughs) or whatever north by northwest yeah the the birds yeah all that kind of great shit um which I look really, I look back really fondly on. Like I, I wish that there was something like that still going on. Which I guess, you know, like I said, they're doing you know, Back to the Future Two or whatever. Um, but yeah, they're leaving the experience part out of the theater experience, and I think theaters are starting to get it. They're starting to, and hopefully that'll it'll move more towards yeah. a little more theater and consumer friendly. Because the pushback is happening now. Yeah. You know, I never thought in a million years I'd ever see the headline movie, you know, theater owners refusing to play Star Wars. <laughs> Which is yeah. kind of a, what? Well, um, but good, you know, good for them standing up for Well, no, they, they should. Yeah. yeah. They do need to do the pushback on it. Yeah. And be like, yeah, you make the movie, but guess what? You can make, how many movies have you made that are sitting on the shelf right now? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I think that, you know, that I, I imagine that some of it is like, you know, look, we can't, we're going this direction. We're going to have to start charging $18 for a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> like, well, yeah. we're barely making it through $12 now. Uh, you know, we can't keep doing this. People are going to stop. Well, no, one of the amazing things is like, you know, you, you, you want to take your family out to go to go see a movie. You okay, know, and you take out a small uh, small loan? Yeah, for that. you know, you have to <laughs> donate a kidney and uh, allow the theater manager to rename your firstborn child. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but, you know, like, the tickets are one price, but then you go through concessions, and it's usually more than what you paid for the tickets to see the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, absolutely. Significantly. Significantly, yeah. And well, and especially cheapskate like me who will go to the $5 matinee. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like me and my kid go spend ten dollars on the movie ticket, and then I was spending thirty thirty five dollars just on the popcorn. And oh the yeah, stuff. no, you're just like God. <laughs> I could have taken you all to Chili's for dinner right? and rented a DVD and still saved 20 bucks. Right. Bought some wood for the fire, <laughs> yeah. for the fireplace. <laughs> could have moved the coffee table, yeah. pulled a mattress out in front of the fireplace and just all like hung out. Yeah, create your own experience. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, what it, that's what it boils down to. Well, I think a lot of people are doing that. And then you, you have places like Hulu and Amazon and... Netflix that are coming out with the original content. I got the original content, and the stuff in the theaters is coming to it real soon. So it's like, what's the point mm-hmm. anymore? What's the point? Yeah, like, man. there is there is a local theater that I like quite a bit that I go to now a lot. It's called here in Albuquerque. It's called the Icon Cinemas. Um, and I, I've I've recently discovered it, and I like the place quite a bit. Uh, is that the one the the Far Heights? Um. Yeah, Central Tramway. Yeah. Um. It was a. Th- it was a. Uh, uh, it was a movie theater, UA Theater, United Artists Theater back in the day, but now it's like it's, it's independent run. I think uh, they don't even sell tickets on Fandango. Mm-hmm. Um. And they have they have the vibrating seats. Uh. They have. Uh, they also have like the recliners. Super cushy ass. You know, recliners, yeah. lazy boys, basically. I can't really have that because it takes me so many times to watch a movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just in a regular chair. Like, yeah, you'll, you'll. Yeah, yeah, That's no. why someone like you goes to the vibrating section because every theater, every one of their screens has both. You can either be in the vibrating section or you can be in the lazy boy section. And they, they have less seats than your average theater in each, in each screen. Mm-hmm. Um which allows for the leg room and spacing people out enough. So, you know, it's not like watching a movie on an airplane. Um, (laughs) And, you know, their concession prices are high, just like anybody else, but it's all bottomless, like the popcorn and the soda. And it's self-serve. Like, they don't even get the popcorn for you. You buy a popcorn, (laughs) and they give you the bucket. I'm like, here's your bucket, asshole. Yeah, and then you go over to the side. There's a whole self. You just pull this thing, and the popcorn comes You go comes make it out. how you like it. Yeah, you just uh, you just squirt like half of the uh, butter thing in there, and you know, fill up your own soda. And you do it in layers. Exactly. You do it exactly <laughs> how you want it, just the proportions. You know, and then it's like you run out when you're watching the movie, just to, you know, skate out real quick and get some more, which I enjoy. The what my criticism that I do have with these guys is that they have what they call the iconic screen, uh, okay. which is their. It's, I think they said it was like seventy feet high. It's like this giant screen, which sounds great. But every time I've seen something on that screen in particular, it's always dark, and the sound system leaves something to be desired. Uh, so I tend they to weren't just, they weren't promoting the sound system. <laughs> they didn't say THX up in this. They just said, we Fair. got a big screen to show you shit. Fair. Yeah, I guess. But they don't have the, the power or the bulbs to make it bright enough so you can actually see anything. Um, but I still, you know, I still go to the theater. I just try not to see anything on that screen in particular. They, it's the, they only have the one, and then they play whatever blockbuster is on that but they play they also play in other screens in 3d and then there's the regular screen and i just go to the regular screen and there's 3d with the the interactive seats yeah imax and all that i'm like just make it simple 
You know? It was like, I'm glad theater owners are standing up. Like, look, dude. We're trying to put all this money into making it an experience when the experience should basically be this. Hey, kids. Hey, family. Let's go see a movie. Let's get some popcorn, you know, some, some gummies of some sort. Right. You know, jujubes. Yeah. Milk duds. Play the movie. Yeah. This is how we're spending our Saturday afternoon or Saturday early evening. We'll go have dinner before or after. It's a a family thing. We're going out and just having a good What'd you do? Oh. Had some popcorn. Yeah. Watched a movie. Drank a soda. Had some various sort of candy. Mm-hmm. Saw a movie. And now we're all happy. Mm-hmm. And let's go get dinner. Or, like you said, have dinner before. Yeah. You know. It's, make it to where it's... I don't know. I think it's like size queen. Uh... Type, you know, thinking with you know, the movie theater or not the movie theaters, but the movie studios where they're like, all, oh no, we can't have rival studio have a bigger blockbuster than us. Right. So let's put all these hindrances <laughs> on the the places that'll actually show it, right? But charge them more for them to show it. And and again, kind of falling into that thing with the, like the way that that business works is it's like so a theater um, puts out a movie and then they want it played you know on a regular screen, but they also want they they have the IMAX print and then they'll have like the 3D print that all needs to play on different screens. So they're basically renting the space for those. And again, they're getting all the profits from the ticket sales, but it's not like they're providing the theaters with the 3D glasses. Like the theaters, the theater owners, they have to get that shit. On their own, and then they have to figure out the way, like because they have those recycling things. So you yeah. can throw the glasses mm-hmm. after. The theater owners are responsible for that shit too. All that stuff costs money. They get the glasses to get the glasses recycled, and all you know, and all that kind of shit. Keeping a stock of them, having enough of them. The the, the movie theaters aren't giving them money for that or providing the glasses. So that that feeds into that whole like, well, where are we going to make our money? The only place they can make the money is you know selling twelve dollar bucks of popcorn and a pickle in a pouch. For six bucks. Still the greatest name ever for a product. <laughs> Pick one up. Yeah. That's why you're seeing with the theaters now that it's not, it's it's going even beyond that to where you know you get you get a hot dog, you can get you a, a thing dog, of ice cream, you get a hamburger, some jalapeno poppers. Yeah, they're thinking they're just they're trying to come up with ways so that they can just stay afloat, and that's all due to the way just the 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 business has always run. I mean, all the way back to. You know, the 1950s when, you know, people have that, like, sort of nostalgic thing where they, they were p- putting out those gimmicks, you know, when it was like, you know, 3D first came out, mm. when it was the red and white, or red and mm. blue glasses, but they had, like, smell vision or, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, they'd be, like, spraying stuff at people, you know, like, heighten this experience, and it was all in service of trying to get more people in to buy more concessions just so the theater owners can stay in business. Mm. Which is hilarious to me because popcorn, when it was um, 
when popcorn became a thing, you know, yeah. a, a regular thing, it was known as depression food. Right. Because if you eat so a certain true. amount of popcorn, you get as much protein as, you know, you would with a hamburger. Right. But it was cheap. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, no, popcorn was known as depression food because right. it was the Great Depression and, well, people were hungry. Mm-hmm. You eat it, you got your nutrients, it's, you know, your vitamins. Yeah. And it, you know, then it, it just turned into this thing. Then we come out of the Great Depression, you know, you have the, the Silver Age. Was it the Silver Age of movies in the 50s and 60s? Yeah, yeah, okay. But, no, I can totally see. Like, you want me to show your movie, you're going to charge me X amount of money. i got to make that money up somewhere. Right. But, still, it's ridiculous. A bucket of freaking popcorn, if you make it at home, costs you about 37 cents. Yeah, absolutely. So, the markup is extraordinary. But, we've gone to this, like, box store mentality when it comes to theaters. Mm-hmm. St- instead of having, you know, a neighborhood theater, we have to have it all, you know, uh, consolidated or consolidated yeah. in, you know, certain areas of town where you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which one am I going to go to mm-hmm. given travel time? Can't be more than 17 minutes, otherwise... Uh-uh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It, it, it is an interesting phenomenon. And I, I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of things where people are starting to push back. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm going to go to Fred's fucking hammer store for a fucking Fred hammer. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, or I'm going to go to... Jane's, you know, grocery, you know, um, we have one here in town. It's a little small independent grocery store down in, uh, near downtown in what we refer to as Martinez town. Right. It's been there forever. It's, it's like a neighborhood bodega. Yeah. So, I mean, places like New York. Yeah. Chicago. I'm guessing Detroit and. You know they they have that neighborhood market. Yeah, they you go kind in of there, always have. Yeah, you don't have. You know, they don't always have everything that you're looking for, but they have what you need to have. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have started. Um, They've started, you know, people who aren't in these major metropolitan areas are going, I miss the sense of community. Yeah. You know, to where you know that, you know, homeboy over here, if you go buy your bananas there, you know, you're providing for his family who happen to live in the same neighborhood as you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you totally, you definitely see that, especially here in Albuquerque, it's like, the um, the rise of like the farmers markets like because it used to be we'd only have the farmers market for like a couple months out of the year and now they're making it like a year long sort of thing they've gotten enough support in the community where they can move they just, indoors and you know, places well, they, will host yeah, them and, they just tore down Caravan East yeah. I don't know what that means mm-hmm. but 
You know, I know they had a farmer's market there every Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And I think that's what people are trying to do is they're trying to get, you know, more connection to where they live. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I was at a, I was at a downtown farmer's, a winter farmer's market this past weekend um, that was at a brewery. And so, like, you know, just a local, a locally owned brewery craft beer and they're hosting the, the farmer's market and stuff. So that sense of community is starting to kind of gel again, which I think is pretty good. But this is spooky. The spooky podcast. The spooky podcast. We don't just talk about uh, stuff from 15, 20, 30 years ago as if it were new. Back in the days when we had hope and dreams. <laughs> we also talk about spooky things. Which some of some of you uh, listeners, uh, repeat listeners, <laughs> might have even forgotten that we do that. <laughs> All four of you. <laughs> uh, but we're coming correct to bring another uh, term from uh, my childhood. We're coming correct this time around. Oh yeah. Uh, did you did you want to go with your thing or my thing first? No, let's start off with yours. My thing. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. On the spooky end of spooky, the spooky podcast. Um, Shane, have you heard heard tell of the? And I'm going to try and say this as not as not muddled because I know I muddle my speech sometimes, uh, but it sound <laughs> weird. It sound weird if I have you heard tell of the black eyed children? These I have not heard of. I'm not surprised because it's a fairly new thing. It's a fairly new phenomenon. So we're not talking like supernatural and like they go demon mode and they open their eyes and it's all black. Well, kind or is of. is it kind of? Kind of. Okay. So the first... What are Sam and Dean going to do? <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> I'd actually would be... I, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't watch the show. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a uh, um, an episode around these guys. Well, that's how well, that's how you knew that they were possessed by demons because they would open their eyes and then suddenly their eyes were all black. Oh, okay. So maybe that is kind of based off of it. So, uh, when they try and kind of trace back this thing with black-eyed children, uh, there there are instances that have been sort of talked talked about all the way back to like the 70s, but uh, like people talking about it can be traced back to about like the late 90s. So is it like full on black eyes? Like there's no whites, right? The whole thing's black, right? Okay. So like the first the first real story that ever came out about it uh, is an incident in 1996. There was a man by the name of Brian Bethel, uh, and I don't What's have up, Double B. Shout out, Double B. Your mother, Double B. Uh, I don't know. It's, it doesn't it doesn't say where where it's from. It's here in America somewhere, but. So the story basically is, is this guy, uh, Brian Bethel, he was uh, sitting in his car. He was a businessman of some kind or like a salesman. And he was sitting in his car one night sort of on the side of the road. And he was uh, going through some paperwork. And um, he hears a knock at his uh, car window. And he looks out and he sees um, two young boys who are standing on the side of his car. And... He's, you know, he rolls his window down. He's like, what's going on? And the boys ask him for a ride to, like, a local movie theater. And 
as he was sort of considering it, like he he noticed there was something like off about the kids. Like he, mm-hmm. he uh, like just just even the sight of them kind of creeped him out. And they weren't making eye contact with him. They kind of had their heads down and all that sort of thing. But at, sort of after they make their request for the movie theater and before he could even really respond, uh, they do look at him and he notices that both of these boys have completely black eyes. There's no whites to them. There's no uh, like color. It's, it's just pitched straight black throughout their eyeballs, which freaked him out. Understandably. (laughs) And so, and he's just drove away. That's the incident. (laughs) He's like, goo, look at the eyes. And he just left. And that's actually the, for the most part, that's how these stories tend to kind of go. Um, somebody runs into, sometimes it's two boys. Sometimes it's a boy and a girl ranging in age from about eight to 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And they just sort of show up. Either at like you know at a car or at someone's house, or just walking down the street, they make some sort of like innocuous request, like "Can you give me a ride somewhere? Can I come inside?" Uh, things like that. Uh, a through line of it is that people always say that as soon as they see the children, they don't see their eyes, uh, but there is something about them that creeps them the shit out, and so they're moving like the girl from the ring. And not even that. It's just it's just more of like a uh, like an instinctual feeling. Like they, they, when they first see them, they're always just just standing there. Uh, but they, people always report that like there's just this feeling of unease, mm-hmm. and almost like an instinctual like I just want to slam the door in their fucking face uh, before they even say it. Like the second I see them, I'm just like Duh, no, just instinctually. But the, everybody seems to kind of push back that push that back a little bit, and then they see the eyes. And then they're like, okay, no, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, the vast majority of, of the um, reported incidents is, is that. Um, there is a, uh, a, a report of a lady who did actually let them in her house. Uh, <laughs> which finally gets it to feel a little sinister. And the story with her goes is that... Um, her and her husband were at home one night. He was a little later in the evening, maybe 11, 12 or something like that. There's uh, her husband's, you know, in one room doing something. She's in another room doing something else. And knock comes on the door. Uh, she opens it up. There's, the, I think it's the two boys in this instance. Uh, same thing. They're not looking. So she can't see their eyes initially. And they're like, can we come in? And she says the same thing. She's like, as soon as I saw these kids, I just wanted to close the door, uh, draw the shades and, you know, go hide under a blanket. Something about them made me feel that way. Um, but it's two small boys, it's late at night, and they're like, can we, can we come in? We're waiting for our parents, I think is what they say. And so the lady, kind of against her better judgment, was like, uh, yeah, come in. And so she brings them in, sets them down, um, and they just, they're not making any eye contact, they're just sort of sitting on the couch, and they're trying to ask them questions, like, uh, you know, what's, where, you know, where are you from? You know, what, what's going on? Where, you know, how did you get here? And the boys only ever answer like our, uh, our parents are coming. Our parents are coming for us. Uh, which of course makes the couple like, uh, <laughs> real uneasy or whatever. And then, so I think she, I think she says that she goes and to make them some like hot cocoa or something. Um, 
And when she comes back with the cocoa, that's when they finally, you know, she hands it to them and they finally look at her and she sees that they have these jet black eyes, uh, which she, she describes as she, she, her and her husband are suddenly frozen in fear. Um, and they're still just saying like, Oh my, our parents are coming for us. And then, uh, then finally the, one of the boys is like, we need to use the bathroom. And they're like, okay, it's down the hall. <laughs> And so the, the boys go down the hall, the husband and wife are just sort of there, like, well, what the fuck is going on? And then uh, they said that the, the, the power suddenly goes out at the house, and um, for no reason whatsoever, all of a sudden, the, the, the husband's nose starts bleeding. And uh, and I thought it was funny, because the, the, in the one report that I read, the, the wife said, in, in all the years that I've known him, he has never gotten a bloody nose other than this night. Okay. I can't explain it or whatever. And then, so at that point, they're freaked out, and they're like, what are we going to do? We need to get these kids out of here. Maybe he was doing bumps. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then, so the story goes that uh, at that point, there's another knock at the door. Uh, they look down the hall, and the boys are standing at the end of the hall, sort of like... Uh, like the Shining? Yeah, one? like the twins in the Shining. Yeah. So they're like... And that, and then the boys Come say, play with us. "Yeah, our, uh, the boys say our parents are here." And um, the couple, they don't want to move from where they're at, so they're like, "All right, well, go with your parents." <laughs> and they said they saw the, the two boys go to the front door, open the front door, and there's two men. Um, and the description is the a uh, similar description to uh, the man, the men in black. Okay. So it's two men in suits. They look like they were bald, pasty. Uh, like no eyebrows, like hairless looking kind of dudes. And then the boys just go with them and they disappear into the night. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the tale. <laughs> that's the only one that I found where someone actually went so far as to say, yeah, go ahead and come in or whatever. Cause almost uh, every one of them is, uh, as soon as they see the eyes, they're like, nope, they nope the fuck out. Um, so there's not a lot of meat to the stories. Uh, but, you know, people are like, who, who are these black-eyed children? Where do they come from? What's their deal? What do they want? And, uh, yeah, I have those questions, too. In, especially in these stories. Especially if they're made-up stories. Which, you know, they are. Um <laughs> <laughs> and my thing is, is I'm just like, what's the point of these, these tales? You know, because you go into, you know, other stuff, like people who, you know, proclaim to have met aliens or a creature of some of the vampires or something. There's always like an actual story, you know, like, oh, yeah. I met this person and this crazy shit happened and, and they... they Ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my kitchen and disappeared. Yeah, and I thought it was a peanut was a butter smell. and jelly sandwich, but after they disappeared, and I realized that it was my cat. It was yeah, it wasn't <laughs> jelly. It was my cat's guts. They had killed my cat, you know, or something like that. But like this story, which is the most informative of the uh, of the accounts, is literally just these kids showed up. They came into the house. They creeped us out. They had black eyes. Then they left. With some other creepy people. So, double Damien showed up. Yeah. You went, well, your children, it's late at night. 
and you need some place to stay. I don't know how you contacted your parents. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> what nefarious things could possibly happen? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, nothing really happens other than, like, the husband gets a bloody nose. That's about it. And they both get kind of creeped out. I had a situation, uh, I want to say this was about 2001, 2002, where I was, I lived in an apartment complex. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as you all are well aware, I'm a nerd, I watch movies, I play video games, and I was up late one night, and i never forget it, I was playing Star Wars, <laughs> Jedi Outcast, I was, I was playing multiplayer online <laughs> that night, and, uh, uh, I had, my, my computer was near the front door of the apartment, and I had the, the front door propped open it was kind of it was a warm night and uh, I, you know i just wanted the kind of the cool breeze coming in mm. it was late <coughs> uh, one or two in the morning something like that and i realized kind of as i was playing the game outside of the apartment i kept hearing this squeaking um something straight out of a horror movie it's like like a squeaky wheel on a tricycle yeah. and that's exactly what it was because i poked my head out and there was a kid couldn't have been older than five years old, four or five years old. And he was just riding his fucking tricycle around the apartment complex at one, two in the morning. Ooh. And, uh, I just happened to poke my head out right around the time he was passing my apartment. And yeah, it's the second I saw him, um, my intestines tried to fall out of my butt. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mustered, uh, <laughs> some courage and i was like hey kid and he turned around and he looked at me and he had jet black eyes no not at all he is just a normal kid and he was like yeah he's like mom and dad are hopped up on meth yeah. probably but i was just like what are you doing where are your parents and he pointed at an apartment down the way and i was like go home it's one in the morning <laughs> and uh he flipped me the bird and then rode his tricycle down to his apartment and then just walked in <laughs> to his apartment and closed the door behind him. So if that was 2001, now he's 15. I'm sure he hasn't broken into any cars. Probably not. Not at all. <laughs> he's, he's not robbed anybody. And the twist of the story is, is 15 years later, he broke into your fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And took your shit. Um... So I can, I can, <laughs> and the only reason I really tell that story is so I can, I can get the, the, the first part of all these stories where it's like, middle of the night, there's a kid. What? What's that meme that was going around on the internet for a while? It was, um, <clears throat> it was Will Ferrell doing like the early, late seventies, early, uh, eighties picture where one picture is straight at you, but. It's oh got, yeah, uh, the like the profile the picture that's sort of picture, ghosted yeah, in the corner. Yeah, the outside, and he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, uh, something about what babies a baby's laughter is beautiful, unless it's three a.m. and you realize you don't have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that, something like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, no, true. That's the funny. True. That's the funny thing about kids. 
Like, seriously, you know, the the whole, like, Freddy Krueger, you know, theme song. You know, just like, one, two, I'm all, no, uh, no, no. Little kids are sticky Mm -hmm. and creepy. Mm -hmm. I'm on record. No, that's absolutely true. Just uh, a week or two ago, when my son was sick, I did have an issue in in the morning. I, uh, I had gone over to where he was sleeping, and I think I opened up the curtains or something. And he woke up, <laughs> and he was in that, he was still in his dream state. <laughs> so he wasn't fully conscious or awake, and so he started saying some shit that had no, I don't even remember what he said, but it was like, it had no uh, relevance to anything <laughs> in reality. <laughs> and I did, I had this moment of like, is this where the horror movie starts? <laughs> He's going to eat my leg. This, this is the opening scene. Yeah, this is the opening scene. I'm, I'm a Connor. I'm that guy. I'm the first dude that dies in the horror movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then after a minute, you know, he kind of comes around. He's like, oh, what's going on? And I'm like, you tell me, bud. <laughs> You're saying some weird shit. Well, He's like, I did? Well, yeah, yeah. Daddy's got to go to the hardware store and buy chains to chain you the fuck down. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, well, no, it's like, you know, like yesterday when my oldest showed up and I had taken all that cold medicine and fallen asleep. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I'll totally help you out. No worries. Whatever. And I wake up and he's right there in my bed. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I can't be doing this. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's, he was lucky because I, I, I think I remember. I think it was you and another buddy of ours used to tell me, or uh, that you grew up with. He told me a story. I, maybe it wasn't. It was it your dad. No, I think it was another one of your friends' dads who like was a seal or something. Yeah, and yeah, he used to tell me the story yeah. about like when he 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 have to wake his dad up, but everybody just sort of knew to just sort of stand in the doorway to be like, "Yo, dad!" and then just kind of run away. Yeah, <laughs> because if no, you startled him awake, no, no. You know, he, he had uh, he had PTSD, mm-hmm. and he would you'd hear him like when we'd spend the night over at his house and stuff. Uh-huh. You'd hear him just just like scream out and then hit the floor and start low crawling. Wow! Um, one time he punched his his mom or you know his wife, right? Um, my buddy's mom because. She thought it'd be funny to scare him mm-hmm. while he was walking in. Ah, uh, okay. And yeah, not know, a good idea. And he totally felt like shit about it later right. on. Yeah, and he would never talk about his time in Vietnam until you know, every now and then he would partake in libations. Sure. And then he'd start telling us stories, and like <laughs> we're all looking at each other all. <laughs> um, I'm too uh, young for this. <laughs> and the funniest yeah. thing was was it was when Forrest Gump came out, and you know they have, you know the Vietnam, you know the Vietnam firefight scene where, yeah. Spoiler alert: Bubba dies. Yeah, and he pulls a uh, uh, what's his name out of the. Uh, that's when he loses his yeah. legs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh... Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. But, 
he says that was the most accurate depiction of Vietnam. Because you never see right. the Viet Cong during that thing. You just, just bullets are flying. It's chaos, like, yeah. That, he said that was the best depiction of it. Wow. You know, but he would go into detail on, like, some of the things he saw. Yeah. Ooh, boy. No. Right. And, but, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> when you're, when you're waking him up, you were, you did not get close to it. Right. Because my buddy's older brother, who, who was also a buddy, <laughs> he got damn near knocked off. <laughs> because he went and shook his dad, waking him up. Right. My dad, same thing. Doorway. Dad. Dad. <laughs> dad. Because one time I went to go like shake him awake, mm-hmm. and yeah, I went flying. It was like a cartoon scene. Wow. So <laughs> just. <laughs> things like that so no yeah. like it just ugh. <laughs> anyway creepy anyway, kids creepy kids yeah kids are inherently creepy alright kiddos sorry we did a lot of pop c- culture talk today we'll, but we got some spooky in a little bit of spooky black eyed children black eyed children There's, uh, uh, if, you, if you google it you'll find a lot of information and a lot of it's um there's a lot of like YouTube channels of people who just like to basically read, like narrate the stories atop, a you know, a series of like creepy images or whatever, and then they just it's like scary, just telling a scary story, and uh, campfire those, story. Yeah, those are kind of fun or whatever. We're coming into uh, wintertime, time for campfires. Yeah. Like I said, there's not a lot of meat to the the black eyed children things, but because. Children are inherently scary, <laughs> and I say that I say that as a, a doting father. Um, but it's uh, they're entertaining at, at the very least. Uh, I have questions, <laughs> and no one has answers. Well, but we ate into the time of the topic matter that I was going to go into. So let's do a little teaser here, okay? And be like next week, hell. Going to hell? Different versions of hell. Oh, shit. Spooky. <laughs> Spooky podcast. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we did. We, um. <laughs> Just one time, I went, we were like, oh, uh, you know, hell would be great. Because, like, all the cool people I know are definitely heading to hell. <laughs> but we're going to do different levels of hell. Okay. In different, different cultures. cultures. And, all right. <laughs> sounds good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is running a little long. As, as usual, we're probably going to end up... Yeah, probably. We're going to end up chopping... I'll end up chopping a little bit of this out. And uh, that will be a part of our monthly extra episode i call it the xl patreon episode and i call it that because they're because we talk forever and i cut stuff out mm-hmm. and i stitch it together <laughs> and to a big even bigger episode uh exclusively for our patrons on patreon which you can go to it's patreon.com slash the spooky podcast uh we just ask that you you know if you enjoy the show you could just chuck us a couple of bucks 
to help it go, keep going, and uh, so we can continue making these and uh, keep up in our quality. And um, and if you do that, you will get access to our once a month extra big ass episode uh, with more of us talking about random shit and stitched better together than anything that Donald Trump says ever. Yeah, there's a uh, apparently there's a plug there's a plugin uh, that I saw that you can uh, I think you can install in your browser or something, and it changes uh, all of tr- uh, Trump's tweets so that they look like they were written in crayon, and it adds this whole new dimension of hilarity to what he has to say on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, in wrapping this up, so yeah, there's that, there's the Patreon plug, and then also to plug, I'll keep plugging ourselves, the other place you can find us as, is facebook.com slash the spooky podcast, um, and that's where you can, uh, that's the easiest place where you can, uh, interact with us, uh, you could ask us questions, we're the ones that are, that run it, and, uh, so we see anything that you put on there, and, uh, so if you could go to that and then hit that like button, saying that so it's so it's such a thing because you should be because there should be a love button, button because love you should know. totally be loving us because yeah. we're amazing or something yeah it's a bit lit. um no it's it's this whole like promoting ourselves thing that i'm just i don't know, I don't know. i know it's it's, it's a little bit but yeah we would appreciate it if you did do one or both of those things um also um Give a shout out to some other uh, friends that are local. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bad Philosopher yep. uh, on Facebook or Android Vision on Facebook. Yeah. Just Facebook search those ones yep. and go go take a look at them. You know, yep. trying to build a community. Yeah. Of stuff. People, people and, talking about things, and things. And doing things, being creative. Mm-hmm. Doing stuffs. That's what we support. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we are Spooky. The Spooky Podcast. My name is Chris L. Dillon. And I am Shane K. Witty. And we'll be back next week where we're going to talk about Hell. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.